Greetings in Jesus' name this morning. It's been a blessing to be here. Um, we have a beautiful congregation here. And I've been very blessed by the opening, uh, brother, and the children's lesson, and the song there before I came up here. I, I'm always blessed whenever you're, you're asked to have a part in a service. And God's, you can feel God working in the order of things that are being shared and the Spirit of God is moving in the direction of your own heartbeat before you get here. And as I was seeking the Lord for a message for you all, uh, I felt the Lord impressing on my heart uh, the title of the message here this morning, Awake Thou That Sleepest. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> Praise God. I think God is working. Uh, I was talking in our congregation there at Harmony, for those of you who may not know who I am, um, we attend Harmony and been there for seven years. We used to live down in Lancaster County, way down in Gap, down near Chester County, and I was in construction for 25 years, and then in the meantime, we kind of got involved in beekeeping, and that took off, and we grew from a one yard back one high backyard hobby to a, a thousand seven hundred to a thousand hive operation, sending bees all over the country, pollinating uh, crops for farmers and also doing a lot of honey production. Right now we have bees in three states: California, South Carolina, and Pennsylvania. So our some of our colonies will put a thousand miles on a year, or ten thousand miles a year in travel. Anyhow, when I was uh, Earl had, I was just, Earl was there at our, at Harmony, uh, visiting and sharing, and I shared with him, uh, I'm in charge of keeping people from our congregation, putting up a schedule, and having, uh, the different brothers in our congregation take a turn to visit, uh, Dampy, Vermont, uh, Emmanuel in Rome, and, uh, Sunbury. And I just said, I think it'd be a blessing to, send some brothers this direction since you are part of our uh, five churches and also the Living Hope. And he said, by the way, there's an opening here and I'll be out at Burn, Indiana. Maybe you could be the first one to step up to the plate. <laughs> so we kind of got ourselves a responsibility, which that's totally fine. I enjoy uh, meeting people and interacting with people. We do quite a bit of travel with our work uh, as a family. I was in uh, Missouri last week, and uh, we spent half our year down in South Carolina so far, and we'll be heading to South Carolina next, on Monday tomorrow morning at 1 o'clock, spend a week down there again. <clears throat> so if you're a beekeeper like me, you have to like travel. We do a lot of travel. We put thousands of miles on a year. I think we put around 100,000 miles on, on my truck a year, so we travel a lot. And that's fine. But while in that time, uh, the challenge for me is to maintain a close walk with God. And, uh, and that is our main focus. And that needs to be our main focus. Where, whatever we, our hand finds to do, let's do with all of our heart. Turn with me to Ephesians this morning. Ephesians 5. I think uh, I'm going to read a few verses there as a backdrop of my message this morning. <clears throat> Ephesians 5, verses 9 through 16. Just to give you the context of this verse that I'm pulling out here. 
For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. The challenge is here is, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Light instead of uh, sleeping. Before we go any further, why don't we bow our heads for a word of prayer. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We just thank you that you are already present here. We sense your presence here. We thank you the way you are moving among us. And I pray this, this morning as we seek your face, look into your word and see what your will is for us here in this time and place in our lives, Father. I just pray you would move among us, give us direction, give us light. Help us to see in our lives, Lord, how we can better glorify and serve you with our energy, with our life. I just pray you'd open the word of God to us this morning and give me utterance. And help me to expound my heart, my burden to the congregation here. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And this morning as we uh, think of uh, awake, being awake, uh, another title, verse, chapter we're going to be looking at uh in Corinthians 15, it says, Awake to righteousness. But the title this morning would be, Awake thou that sleepest for the tape. We're not talking this morning to people who are sitting here sleeping or, or uh, and we don't, we're, I mean, now unless I'm really boring, maybe some of you might be sleeping till we're done here. But this is not talking about people sleeping physically. It's talking about going through life with, a, with an attitude of slumber. And the challenge for all of us uh, is to maintain an alertness and a, a being awake in as we do things in our life. And we live in a society, I feel, that when they're on the job they're, or when they go through life, there's no energy in what they're doing. And we live in a society like that that is not alive. I think it's a challenge for us Christians to have our heart into serving God serving God like we heard in the opening with everything we have whatever hand find it to do do it with all your might and uh, and I think a person like that will will be able to stay awake the challenge for us is we have like one brother shared here this morning how do you give your all to five different areas of your life that is a challenge I find as life goes on and and uh, you know you think life's busy now wait till you get older uh, it's, it's children it's uh, like, I mean, responsibilities don't get lighter as you get older. In fact, they get greater. Um, and so, how do you carry... I think the, challenge, the answer to that question is, how do you do five different areas of your life uh, and do it with all your heart? The pr- challenge is to prioritize our time. And whatever you're doing at that time, as we heard in the children's lesson, do it with all your might. And you can't give a full attention to every little detail all the time, but you can prioritize and try to balance out and manage your time so that you can fulfill everything that needs to get done. The challenge for me is in our sleeping, I mean in our life, that we don't find ourselves sleeping to certain areas and all of a sudden 
we hear a message on an area of our life again and we find ourselves waking up to reality. That area of my life I've been sleeping in. And so this morning, my challenge, my encouragement, as I share the word this morning is, are there areas in our life that we're sleeping? We may not be sleeping spiritually, but we might be sleeping in certain areas of our life that we need to wake up to. That can be as an individual, can be as a congregation, can be my own life. I need wake-up calls. In my life, uh, after I became a Christian, there have been times that I sat in meetings and where you're under intense preaching and covering a large area of maybe from child training to marriage to prioritizing our walk with God. And it's like after you're done, there's some things, some areas in your life you look at and, you know, that is, I needed a wake up call in some of those areas because I've been lacking. Maybe it's a lack in our time, spending our time alone with God. We fell asleep. The challenge is for us to be awake. <clears throat> this is not just talking to Unconverted people here in this passage, I don't believe, uh, I think it's also talking to Christians. It's not just sinners that need to be woke up. Although sinners, if you're here this morning, you've never made a commitment to Christ. God is speaking, if God is speaking to you and knocking on your door, trying to wake you up, uh, let him open the door. Let him in. As a young person, I was 20 years old. I was a member of a congregation, the Weaverland Conference. I was not converted. I didn't know that I wasn't converted. I knew there was a lack in my life. But it wasn't until I met my wife, who at that time was my girlfriend. I met a real Christian who wasn't ashamed to stand for what was right. And it was through her testimony I came to saving faith in Jesus Christ at 20 years old. I woke up late. But you know what? The Word of God came alive. Before that, the Word of God was a dead book. That didn't make a whole lot of sense. And after that, I spent hours reading the Word of God. It, it just came alive. And the challenge for us is to maintain that kind of a thirst throughout our life. Uh, that's the challenge. Not letting any area of our life fall dormant or fall asleep again. This word awake here in Ephesians 14, the word there, the meaning of that from the Greek word is to wake and rouse from sleep, from disease, from death inactivity and ruin some of that part can be uh for a, a person who was li- who is living in sin uh disease from death from inactivity and ruins and coming into Christ repenting of our old life of sin and debauchery and coming to Christ uh it can also be that we need to be aroused out of a slumber uh we fell asleep we're no longer serving the Lord with our whole heart we've gotten you know, that's the biggest challenge is Satan is not necessarily always trying to get us to apostatize all at once. It's to try to put us to sleep in areas of our life and, to, and slowly take us down the road of, of, uh, of uh, ruin. It's, it's a slow ebbing out of our life. It's not a one. It, uh, the tire slowly goes flat. Uh, the challenge, he, he is rather trying to take little pieces away from us and slowly put us to sleep. Uh, the challenge is when we fall asleep, you don't know that you fell asleep until you wake up, right? When you go to bed at night, how many of you know the minute you fell asleep? You don't know that you fell asleep until you wake up the next morning. And the alarm, you find get rudely awakened by the alarm clock. Uh, and all of a sudden you realize you fell asleep. And there's some times where I'll lay in bed and there's I just for some reason I just can't fall asleep. And I think, well, I'm laying here 15 minutes an hour. 
two hours go by, you hear the clock ringing or see the clock and uh, it's like, I, I don't think I'm going to sleep tonight for some reason. There's things on your mind or whatever. And all of a sudden you wake up. Well, I guess I did fall asleep. <laughs> it was possible. You know, that's how it is in our Christian life. At times we may find ourselves, we don't realize that we fall asleep in areas of our life until we have a rude awakening sometimes. And uh, that's a challenge for us. Challenge for me. Uh, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 33. Or 15. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, 33 and 34. Here, in uh, the backdrop of uh, 1 Corinthians 15 here is, it's talking about the resurrection. And uh, we're going to read 31 and 32, I mean uh, 33 and 34, and then I'm going to go into a little bit more detail in this chapter a little bit later. Be not deceived, evil communications corrupt good manners. Awake to righteousness and sin not. For some have not the knowledge of God. I speak this to your shame. <clears throat> here he's saying, awake to righteousness and sin not. It's just a, a little different tweak here in this passage than in Ephesians. It's still a call to awake. But here it's saying, awake to righteousness. And uh, this word awake is a, is, a, is a different Greek word than uh, Ephesians 5.14 is taken from. This word is to rouse oneself from stupor and that word stupor would mean daze instability numbness blackout oblivious uh the corinthian church a little bit bit of a backdrop to this passage the corinthian church was having people in the congregation that were saying that there is no such thing as a resurrection and uh if you go to 30 first corinthians uh 12 that's 1 Corinthians 15, 12 here. I'm going to give you a little bit of a backdrop of what Paul is addressing to these right here in this context of this passage. Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no, no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and our faith is vain. Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he has raised up Christ, whom he raised not up. If so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is, is not Christ risen. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and ye are yet in your sin. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. I'm going to stop reading there. But Paul's addressing here is that the resurrection from the uh, Jesus Christ is was resurrected from the dead, and that this uh, heresy that's going among uh, floating among them is an evil communication that's going to corrupt good manners. It's going to put people to sleep spiritually, and what is going to happen is it's going to cast off restraint because if there's no uh, if there's no such thing as a resurrection then what's the point of living a righteous, a godly life and having to discipline ourselves? Let's eat and drink, for tomorrow we perish. There's no consequences for uh, for our life. 
because we don't rise rise to, uh, unto, to life eternal or to life uh, to life of damnation in hell. So let's live life to the fullest now, and it's going to put people to sleep in righteousness. And Paul's saying, uh, awake uh, in verse uh, 30, 30, 34, awake to righteousness and sin not. Uh, right living or right, so in other words, this area of right of wrong belief was causing wrong, uh, uh, wrong living. And so it's important for us that the influences, the books we read, the influences that we are, allow ourselves to be uh, under, that is either going to help us stay awake or it's going to put us to sleep. So it's important all the information we have at our fingertips in our time and life today. It, we have a greater amount of information coming at us through the internet, through YouTube, through books, through especially electronically, uh, that I think we need to be really careful that it's siphoned through and we careful. We, we're even careful what we expose ourselves to and our families to because it can either hinder us and help put laws to sleep or help stay, keep us more alert and more awake spiritually. I think it's important that we're feeding and the diet that we're feeding on is helping us on to a, a life of sound doctrine that's going to help wake us up and keep us awake and alert. It'd be much better to listen to us a good message that's going to help keep us awake. A message that we heard this morning on good communication would be a much better choice than some foolish YouTube video that's going to uh, entertain us. So those are some things as we go through life, we make decisions that are either going to help us put us to sleep or wake us up. <clears throat> that, that's, a ch- that's, I guess, my challenge this morning as we live life. How does waking up work? Um... Or, or in other words, uh, I, I guess a good illustration I was thinking of as I was thinking of waking someone up or waking up. There was a time uh, some years ago I was at a landfill. Uh, we had a landfill near us when we lived down in Chester County. And we'd just take our trash there and drop it off and the recycle and everything. And I was there uh, dropping things off. And when I was there dropping things off, I had a young man that was working there walk past me. And I gave him a track and I shared the, some things with him. He said, oh, yeah, my wife, she's religious. I'll, I'll give this to her. I, this really burdened me. You, you're a married man. You have a wife. You have children. And that's all the that's the lethargic and indifference uh, attitude you gave towards the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I just I, I took him to Malachi uh, 4, where it talks about turning the hearts of the fathers to the children, the hearts of the children to the fathers. That's a smite the earth with a curse. I just went into the kind of uh, things that our society is dealing with and the kind of lifestyle our children and our schools and, and some things like that. And he, he starts uh, waking up until we were done sharing with him. He was so engrossed in our conversation that he forgot that he was even on the job. And he went away from there saying, I'm going to pick up my Bible and I'm going to start reading. And he wasn't going to give this tract to his wife and indifferently walk away from the gospel again. And the, the challenge for us is as, as we inter- it, it, walk in society, if we ourselves aren't awake, we're not going to wake anyone else up either. And so uh, at, the challenge is for us to be awake and alert to so- the society we're in. We live in a society that's sleeping and it's not going to help us wake up. And so it's important for us to be awake and alert in the society we live in and strive to wake the society up we're living in. The challenge for us as Christians in the, in the, in our society is to make them thirsty for the gospel. 
They will have to seek God themselves. You can't make them, you can't lead them to the living waters, but you can make them thirsty for it. And help, by, by doing that, help to get them seeking so they can wake up themselves. Uh, some other, and so that is in, okay, so by doing, by saying, sharing that, I'm saying at times people may share into our lives, uh, the same way as I did to that person, or, uh, we may sit under the sound of the gospel, hearing a week of meetings or a message that will really impact us in an area of our lives and wake us up, put new emphasis on a certain area of our life that will really wake us up. And, uh, that, that is one way that God wakes his people up. Sitting under the sound of the word of God. Someone sharing in our life on a one-to-one basis. We sit down with a friend. Maybe they see an area of need in our life that we're oblivious to. And they might share with us. Just out of a burden. Uh, husband and wife. This can happen in other areas with our children. We can help wake each other up simply by personal sharing. Interacting with each other or the society in which we're living. <clears throat> Nicodemus came to Jesus with questions. And I think this is a good place. As we go through life. As a bee, okay, so for myself, 10 years ago, I did not understand anything about beekeeping. When we bought our first beehive, I didn't know anything about it. Before, I was trying to get a little insight into what's involved in it. My daughter asked for a beehive for her birthday, and that's what got us started with even checking the, th- the beekeeping out in the first place. And I, as a dad, I, I wanted to make sure I'm stepping into something that's going to make sense and it's going to fit into our backyard, into our schedule. To, I'm the kind of person that whenever I do something, I want to do it right. Do it thoroughly. Not uh, If you're going to put a fruit tree in the backyard, get fruit from it. If you're going to grow a garden, you know, get some vegetables from it. Do it thorough enough that it pays back for the time that you put into it. That was, that was my burden for this. And uh, so I began to ask questions. I, sa- I sat at the feet of people who knew and had been doing it for a while. And I think the challenge for us is we walk with God. We may feel a lack in our lives in some areas, say child training, or we're getting, we're looking at marriage, and we may see good marriages in the, in our circles, and we may have questions. How do you do this? How do you maintain a good marriage for 25 or 30 years, or 50 years? Ask questions. You know, the way you learn is having an open mind to learn and ask questions. And as you ask questions with an open heart to learn, you can learn a lot of information. Because I myself do not have all the answers to life. I need, there's times to ask questions. And I think asking questions can help keep us awake. That's another area I think is important. Finding, and finding the proper people to ask questions. I didn't, I asked questions about beekeeping from people who didn't understand how to do it properly. And I got bad results. And so I started saying, you know what? This is not working. What the information some of these people are giving me is, is I'm getting bad results. I'm going to go find someone else. And I, I kept asking questions, kept listening to people sharing until I found a, a person who knew what they were doing and they could give me good answers that actually gave the kind of results that I wanted. Sometimes as we at the, prop, the challenge for us is that we're asking questions at the right places. I think in a congregation like this, this is the first place we go to to ask questions about spiritual things from the brothers that we learned, grew up with and trust and not off to some evangelist that's preaching and Seems to have the answers, but you don't know his personal life at all. <clears throat> Bible says, know them that labor among you for a reason.
Just another, uh, and I already hit this, don't be deceived. Hanging out with bad influences will produce bad fruit. Will eventually help uh, take us down. So if we're being uh, being with people uh, who are not encouraging us in the walk that we're trying, in the in the Christian life that we're trying to walk, that in itself is going to help laws to sleep. The challenge is that we surround surround ourselves with company that's going to produce what we want. It's going in the direction that we want to go. A fellowship, and and that is, I think, here being in the when the church gets together, Sunday mornings, Wednesday evenings, brothers' meetings, be there. Very, very important. Surround yourself with the people of God, your brothers and sisters in your congregation. When, when there is a church service, be there as much as you possibly can. There, there's times, obviously, where you may be sick or traveling plans, you can't be there. And I, that's one thing I, you know, when we're traveling like this sometimes throughout uh, the early spring for a few months till we bring our bees from South Carolina up to Pennsylvania, I feel a lack because I'm not in my home congregation as much as I am. Now, we, as I normally am, normally we don't travel that much throughout the rest of the year. I'm at home. Uh, but we do have a few months here in the, in the spring or late winter and spring that I'm gone a lot, missing some brothers meetings and, uh, some Wednesday nights. And sometimes I, things are happening that I, I totally missed. And so it's important for me. Uh, I, I feel like, you know, there's a part of me that has to plug in a little harder and try to, my best to stay plugged in and understand what's going on in my congregation when we're traveling like this. <clears throat> another, another challenge is uh, surrendering ourselves to sound biblical teaching. T- taking, in other words, when we see areas of our life, spending, being a scholar of the Word of God and spending time in the Word and uh, and allowing the Word of God to challenge us and making changes as we see needs in our life. Uh, that is a, another area I think is uh, very important, being a scholar of the Word, spending time in the Word. I did not grow up in a family that spent time in the Word. We did not have personal devotions. My dad did not. I never seen my dad read the Bible or pray growing up. And so when I got converted, it was not normal. I was not used to someone spending time in the Word of God. And that was something I had to establish. I had to be challenged from somebody else's life. Uh, another brother that mentioned something to me about it. I spent a lot of time in the Word, and after I got married, I just we, me and my wife would have devotions together, and I didn't actually have personal time that I spent for the first about a year or two. We just I just had my time with my wife. I also began to see the need or challenge by another brother that, you know what, I need to have personal time myself. But those are areas that if you grew up with that in your home, that's like a no-brainer. But if you didn't see that, those are areas of, li- of life that they pass right by me. I didn't realize that was even uh, part of the way things are done. And so there can be things that uh, we should be doing that we're totally missing. We're asleep to. And we need to be woke up to the importance of it. And after I began to do that, it was such a rich part of my life. I have kept it, maintained it, uh, and have gotten up earlier than what I needed to to go to work so I could spend time alone with God in the morning before I face a day of responsibility. And that has just been a tremendous blessing. Uh, trying to trying to maintain... A, and now, there are times when I would get up really early or have really pressing responsibilities that we'd skip a day or two here and there. But as a whole, that's my time with God, and we are we are there. 
and we try to make time alone because it's important enough to be there. Be a student of the word. You know, as we can be walking with God for many years, but the challenge is I never knew it all. I have a lot to learn yet. There's still, I'm still a needy individual and I still have a great lack. There's still many areas in my life that still, I still need to grow in. I've not mastered this thing. And, uh, and so continuing to be a student of the word, I find it interesting as you read through passages of scripture with a, with a purposeful alertness, there's, there's sometimes some, something that'll stick out to you you've never seen before. And maybe it's a word, and you start researching that word and go into the strongest concordance or, and then see where it's actually used in other parts of the word of God. And it'll wake up a new meaning to that word and its passage, it, you know, and it can really enrich your life if you, that's what I'm talking about, being a scholar. Don't just read the word. Dig deep into it. See what God is saying. What's the context of this passage that I'm reading? And, uh, and allow the word of God to challenge us. Turning from our old habits, you know, turning to righteousness here, the challenge that we have here in 15 or 34, awake to righteousness and sin not. Awaking to righteousness implies a turning from sin or something that I was doing that was not right. So righteousness simply means doing right, uh, living right, doing something right instead of what I was doing it wrong. And now I need to make a change to do it right. And uh, so it can be, you know, something as practical as the way I handle myself in uh, relating to someone or uh, the way I handle myself in relating to my children, the way I handle myself in relating at my job. I'm not doing it right. And someone points it out to me. And it's hard work to break old habits. Uh, we had back home on the farm when I was a boy, we had ag bags. We built onto the barn. We put some more cows in. And we didn't have enough room in, in our silos anymore to hold the capacity of silage that we needed to feed our, our bigger herd of cattle. Neither did we have the money to put another silo up. Uh, so what we did was we simply put ag bags in. Well, we, it would rain and we'd have thaws during the winter time, And uh, you would get ruts to the ag bag as the ground started to pump. It would freeze and then it would thaw and then it would give rains in the winter time and... You soon had ruts as steep as, uh, almost as steep as the tractor wheels. Well, you drive in there to the ag bag to get the silage, and each time you run across that same old packed dirt, you just drop the thing, you know, eventually, as it's, especially during muddy times, you just keep squishing the mud up, and, and then it would fill with water, and then you would squish more mud up, and, uh, and then it would freeze. And you get a hard freeze. Now there's only one way to that ag bag. It's either up on top or it's down in the ruts and you aren't going to get out then. You know, you're driving through deep ruts. And I, I have to think of our life. We're, we're running down the same path. We're running down the same path. We're doing same, things the same way. We did this for 30 years like this. And you got deep ruts have happened. And so when turning from a, a life of doing things wrong... To a change, I didn't get converted till I was 20 years old. I didn't have my start my personal devotional time as a as an individual myself. Now I did before I was married, but then once I got married, I started just with my wife. Uh, I was still having devotions, but the importance of doing it on my own, seeking God by myself as well as with my wife. Um, I had deep ruts worn, and I had to make changes. And changes don't come easy. 
And so when we, when he's saying turn from righteous, turn from, uh, awake thou that sleepest and turn, and, uh, awake to righteousness, this means hard work. Especially making changes sometimes. And you know, it means in order to make changes, we have to have a vision of where we want to go. And you have to maintain that vision through your life or you're going to find yourself gravitating back to the old habits that you experienced in your life, in your family. Naturally, you're going to go back to the way it was done at home. And so if you found something in your parents' life that you got upset about and you were upset about it, uh, like a, an angry father or, or something like that or a habit that your dad did that you don't like, first of all, we need to forgive that experience completely. And then we need to put a vision on, you know what, I'm going to do it this way. And we need to bring ourselves to that, that, and, uh, that vision and push towards that direction. And unless we maintain a vision on that direction throughout our life, that that's the way it's going to be done, we're going to find ourselves naturally gravitating back. We'll find ourselves, now, I'm kind of doing this the way my dad did. This is the, sounding a little bit old hat, an old habit here, the way, it, you know, and I had thought that, my vision was going to be there, but I find myself that I wandered off the, from that vision that I was wanting to do in my home or in my life. And I'm not finding myself doing that. The challenge is I don't have my vision there anymore. I've gotten distracted. And I'm naturally diverting right back to the way it was done, that it, the way it didn't like it. So to, to maintain a, a life of righteousness maintain, means we maintain a vision. Well, we're not going to rise above the way that we were, it was done for us. The, the way, the old paths that may have been, uh, done wrong. <clears throat> I'm not sure what time you close. What time is it? 10 or, 10 or 11. You can go till 11. 11 o'clock? 15, 11, no, 11.15. Okay. Way. Yep. I, w- I didn't see the clock. I wasn't paying attention to it. <clears throat> Now, turn to Ephesians uh, 14. I want to look at light here a little. Ephesians 5, 14 again. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and Christ shall give, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. I want to look at that light a little. I was just thinking about that this morning as I woke up. I was sitting there, laying there in bed, just thinking about the this morning and I'm thinking about light I'm thinking about uh, righteousness awake I guess as I'm thinking about awake the word pictures I get is fully aware being fully aware of what's going on alert and capable uh, making sound judgment and living in reality that, that when I think of awake that's what I'm thinking of as you go through life you're living in reality you're aware of what's going on around you and now if I think about light, uh, I'm thinking of, so last night I went out and I fed a calf. Uh, we have this calf that hurt itself. For, I, we were down in, uh, I'm not sure what happened. I was down in South Carolina and the calf somehow got itself tangled up in the building. To this day, I still can't figure out how it did it. And it was about a two-month-old calf, a steer, and it cut himself on its uh, back leg pretty bad. And it really got it, we were treating it, but it really got infected anyhow. We had to go for, we were, as a family, we went for a 10-day trip down to South Carolina about a week after this happened. 
and we had a neighbor take over and take care of it. And it, he was having trouble just like we would have. It steadily went backwards and he didn't have time to put the attention to it that we could have had it if we, our children would have been there. And so when we got back, we had a calf that had a really badly infected foot and we really had to spend some time at it to get back to where it should have been. Anyhow, I was going out there this last night to treat this calf in the dark. And I was thinking as I was uh, walking through the night and my light wasn't charged fully. The battery, I was, the light I was holding was a big light that we charged and rechargeable batteries. And the light turned off as I was out through, going partway out through there. All of a sudden I find myself, we live in the woods where it gets dark. Our nearest neighbor is a cabin. A neighbor across the road from us has hunting ground over there with no cabin on it. And so we live in the middle of, we have bear coming through our property. I have, have three accounts of bear that we know bear went through our property. We had a bear pick up a beehive and tear it up in our front yard right in front of our bedroom window. Uh, so when I say we live in the, in the wild, we do. And uh, so it gets dark there. We basically live at a cabin. We live in the mountains. And uh, this light turned off, and there's some, the dogs have dug some holes in the, in the backyard, and there's some ruts there, and there's, sometimes there's some things scattered around. You turn the light off. I don't walk through that yard with confidence. I'm there. Where's that hole? Uh, you know, the light's off, and I don't want to end up spraining my ankle and, uh, and ending up. I mean, it's the kind of hole where you could almost fall into it. It's time to, close, to uh, shut the thing up, but it didn't get done yet. And I think as as I was do, living that picture, you know, this is a good illustration of what I'm trying to share for my life and for you all. Giving you a word picture of what we're talking about. Christ will give you light. It's not your light you walk in. We live in a dark world. And it's not your light that's going to walk you through this. It's not your righteousness that's going to do it. You need something outside of this world because this world's not giving you light. So what happens is when we turn to Christ... Christ illuminates our lives through his word and gives us light. It's not my light. It's Christ's light. And he gives us the ability to see and perceive in the world, the dark world, the dark night that we're living in, to give us the ability to walk through life without stumbling and tripping in the holes and pitfalls that life has to offer. It's a beautiful picture of... uh, Light is a figure of speech here. It's not talking about real light. It's talking about the dark, uh, the light of Christ. Spiritual light. Walking, and it gives us the ability to walk confidently. So when you turn your light off and you're stumbling around in a dark room, you don't, you aren't resting at that point in time, are you? <laughs> it, it, you're trying to stay alert and, and just, uh, uh, get yourself through that situation where you don't have light. And I think when Christ gives us light, we live in a world that's not resting. When Christ gives us his light, we rest. So as we walk through life and we're walking in Christ's light, we should be people who have a rest. And the world is, is in turmoil and they should be able to see there's rest on your face. There's peace. And it reflects off your face. They can't see the rest in your heart, but they can see the reflection of rest on your face. As you relate to people, we relate with peace and rest. And I think that's that's how the world's going to see that we have light. Confidence. Seeing our surroundings clearly as we go through life. Living with purpose. Another thing that light gives is gives us purpose. When you have the lights turned off and I was walking through the backyard, I was, I was walking carefully and I wasn't walking with purpose. And uh, because I didn't know where I was going. 
I thought I knew where I was going, but I didn't know what was in between me and that op- and where I was trying to go. So the challenge is for us to be able to walk with purpose, capable of living uh, to your full potential. So when you're doing things in the dark and the lights are off, you aren't capable of li- doing things to your full potential. When you turn the lights off in a room, in a building, turn them turn the lights on. It gives you the ability to function in that environment in, to your full potential. If you work in a shop somewhere and you turn the lights off and try to work like that in a mechanic shop for a half a day, you, you aren't working to your potential. You would probably have a tough time paying your mechanic the full price that he'd ask for you if he'd be working like that. What about us when God expects us? He wants us to live to our full potential in Christ's light. The challenge is for us to be doing that. I think sometimes the Lord must get frustrated at me when he's expecting what he wants me to be walking through life with my to my full potential. And sometimes I find myself at a place that I don't feel like I am. And uh, the challenge is for me to allow God's light to illuminate my life and my path that I, he has called me to walk uh, and let him illuminate it. Let him let him give me the light I need to walk through life and be be able to live life here to my full potential. <clears throat> another area I guess as I was thinking about this whole thing of light we live in a society and I think as time goes on we see more I don't know about you but I think we live in a time when there's a lot of unsettledness in the world in which we live I don't know of a time in my 47 years almost 50 years that I have seen unsettledness and unrest in the world in which we live like we do today it's like it feels like it could explode I think the challenge is for us, and in our society, I know of uh, years ago as a boy, and I didn't know all of the things that were going on, but as a young man, there was much more of a rest in, so- in the society in which we lived. There was, there was more respect between government parties. There was more order. And as we see the society in which we live unraveling in, in, and dark, darkness is settling on our land, we're seeing more and more unrest. And uh, and I think we're seeing the very thing that happened when Solomon turned his uh, began to turn. So there was a beautiful time in 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 the land of Judah when Solomon was reigning and and righteousness. He came right after David. Solomon picked up David's vision. The kingdom of Israel or Judah was it was in its potential. People nations were coming to see what was going on there. The queen of Sheba came. She said the half hasn't been told. What. Solomon got wrapped up with the gods of his wives and he turned away to uh, got his attention off of God and uh, he started worshiping the idols of his of his wives and his his son came along the nation was split and the light went out and uh, and war started and there was unrest and turmoil and I think we're kind of, we're beginning to see that kind of unrest and turmoil in our land the challenge for me as I see that you know, I can look at the nation, and I'm tempted with this, looking at the leaders of our land and, and thinking, you know, where, what are you thinking? Uh, getting frustrated with it. Find myself getting frustrated with the leaders of our land and the nations of the governing uh, parties of, of other nations. Why can't you do things right? Why can't we reconcile and get along? But you know what? They aren't walking in. Their perception of life and the way they look at things is so blurred. They are not walking in God's light. They do not have the ability to make sound judgment based on the truth of God's word because they aren't given light from God. They may have a certain amount of it depending on how much they've opened themselves to God. 
to his word. But uh, we are living in a society that is not open or is not not walking in, in the light of God's word. And I think it should bring us to a place that we pity and pray for our leaders instead of getting frustrated at them. And uh, as we walk in light and walk in righteousness, I think this is one way to, to respond properly to the uh, situations that we're facing is look at people around us. And realize they're not walking in the light that God has given them. Or that God, in other words, if you're walking in God's light, they do not, they may not have that light. Intercede. Instead of getting us angry and frustrated at our leaders of our land and of nations, it should cause us to come to a place of intercessory prayer instead. I think as we come into, as we face a society ahead of us, and face life ahead of us, I think that's one way we could keep ourselves out of politics. Is get get a burden for them, build the kingdom of God, and have a burden to pray for them, and uh, and and you know, they need our intercessory prayer greater than they ever did. Just as Noah, uh, Noah in his day walked in light and obedience uh, to God, and he built an ark on dry ground, and you know, as our society gets darker, it's going to seem like the life we're living. The, the principles we're walking by is the same as building an ark on dry ground. It's going to be a challenge for us as Christians to, to bind together and to realize we have the light of God's word. This is valuable. Let's hold on to it. I don't care how bad they mock us, but this is truth. Let's stay awake. <clears throat> Let's walk in God's light. And uh, the, the verses here in Ephesians 5, uh, 18, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Same as people, society around us, they seek wine. We need to be seeking God's influence on our lives. The same as a drunk is controlled by alcohol, we as Christians need to be controlled by the Spirit of God. It's a challenge for us as we walk in society. Being filled with the Spirit of God. Being controlled with, by the Spirit of God. Areas of our life that we need to be walking in light in. Uh, maintaining beautiful marriages and homes in a society that's unraveling and falling apart. And we can have beautiful homes and marriages in this society. Uh, I grew up in a home uh, where... There was quite a bit of arguing between my, my mom and dad. And when I got, we were coming to the place of uh, looking at mar- uh, marriage. I was just a few weeks away from marriage. I happened to pick up a book, uh, Seed of Truth magazine, that had an article in there about an older couple that had been married for 50 years and never had an argument. And that really challenged me. And I, there was a seed of of commitment and vision planted my heart from that article and i felt like if there is if this is possible i want that for my marriage and uh i made that dedication and commitment to my wife on our wedding day and we have been able to maintain that i have uh we're married now for 25 years and we have not have our home is not we do not argue between each other and the challenge for us is, for me, is to maintain, you know, in me, there's nothing. I don't have any, I'm, I'm not the one that is able to change my ways from what I lived by, from what I've seen in my uh, past life, uh, growing up. 
I was not able to, I would be, if it would be up to me, I'd be arguing with my wife just the same as uh, my parents did. But I asked God for the grace and the power to change my life and to live above that. I was able, God gave me the grace to live above that and to change my ways. And uh, if we have disagreements, there's a way to handle them. That's right. And it's not by arguing. It's by communication. Sitting down and talking. And coming to agreements together in a peaceful way when there are disagreements. It's never going to be a marriage that there's not disagreements. That's not reality. There's two people living together closely. We're going to have disagreements, but there's a right way to resolve those disagreements. It's communicating, not silent treatments and arguments. And when there's peace in the home between a husband and wife, it gives a foundation in that home that brings peace and rest to the children like nothing else will. When there's an art, when there's a home that is in such a state, uh, that there's arguing and strife between husband and wife, it puts a, an unrest in the family. And, and the children, I know, thinking myself, uh, is this gonna fall apart or is it gonna stay together? There's a, there's a real unrest. But when the parents are together, it puts a peace and a rest in the home. And when I'm thinking of awake to righteousness, it gets that practical. It, it, it goes right down to our personal lives, our walk with God, our marriages, the way we relate as husband and wife, the way my, as a father, the way I relate to my children uh, in discipline or uh, bringing them up, uh, bringing them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. <clears throat> Being a, another area I think, uh, I think of is when I'm thinking of uh, waking to righteousness it's being a testimony in respect for authority. We live in a life in a society today that hates authority. I don't think I've ever seen our society turn uh, uh, turn towards a police force in a negative way the way we see it now. It's not going to. It's going to have bad repercussions, and it is. I think as as uh, we live in our li- live our lives in our society in our circles. That we have a maintaining healthy respect for the authorities that God has placed in our life. Whether it's our employer, our school teachers, if you go to school, uh, your parents, children. Cultivate, even if you're older, you're an older young person. Cultivate as much respect for authorities you possibly can for your authorities. Try to, you know, you may not always agree with our authorities, but, but rather than be nasty... And uh, disrespectful, communicate in a respectful manner to understand the best possible way of what our authorities are thinking and try to understand and have a good common ground of communication. Uh, never that there's not a time to move on, uh, but I think as much as possible, maintain a uh, respectful attitude towards and communication with the authorities in our life. Working to keep a clear testimony with our finances. We have a business, and the challenge is for me is that the people that we do business with do not walk away with a sour attitude towards our Christian life because of the way I do business. But we're handling ourselves in a way that we'd rather be generous to the people that we do business with than, than be known as a miser. Even when you go out to eat at a restaurant, what kind of tip do you leave behind for that waitress? Are we known to be, well, there was a Christian family, but my... You know, they gave the least possible tip they could possibly give me. But but those are the kind of things I'm. I always that's something I always pay attention to. You know, is we are we're. I'm I'm trying to be a testimony to this person that's 
taking care of us at our table. And when you leave, leave a good testimony when they're there and leave a good testimony when you leave. <clears throat> Try to be someone who's willing to share freely and, uh, and give. And, uh, and also looking out for the, the people that we do business with and not trying to see how we can get the best end for ourselves. <clears throat> Placing high value on our church family. I think this is a part that as times around us get darker, I think the challenge for us is we place high value on the church family which we have chosen to fellowship with and be close to them. High, value them highly, have them over, fellowship with them. Uh, I think we're going to need to draw on the resource of the brotherhood as times get darker to strengthen us and maintain our uh, Christian walk. The, the value of a brother, godly brotherhood is incredible. And uh, we have a resource here that most people around us know nothing about. The friendship and, and connection, the, the trust, the, the, the support group you have. We've had times where we've had financial needs. We were in the hospital and families came to visit. They were there to pour out support when we had hospital bills. Uh, you have a tremendous resource. People that are there to stand beside you when you go through tough times, uh, you are there to, to support others when you go, when they go through, others go through tough times. We are so blessed. Let's not take that blessing for granted. That is a way, that is one way we can walk in light and the church of Jesus Christ, our testimony of this church can permeate the walls of this building and touch the society in which you're living in. Uh, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. What a blessing. Uh, we can show that love to the society simply by how we relate to each other. In closing, let's turn to Ephesians 5, verse 8, back up to verse 8 and through 10. For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. Walk as children of light. And awake thou that sleepest, and Christ shall give thee light. So let us, uh, let us be those that are awake. Now it is high time to wake out of sleep. The night is far spent, the day is, the day is at hand. Cast off the works of darkness. Walk as children of light. So that's a challenge for myself and all of us. Uh, God bless you.